Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Sierra Vista, the official podcast of the City of Sierra Vista. I'm your host, Public Information Officer Adam Curtis, and today we're joined by the City's Director of Fun, also known as the Director of Parks, Recreation, and Library, Laura Wilson. Laura is the City's lead on the second phase of an energy initiative with Schneider Electric that tackles major city needs and multiple strategic objectives set by the City Council. The initiative is composed of numerous projects with work underway in multiple areas throughout the city to include big changes at the sports facilities next to Veterans Memorial Park. Laura will share how partnering with Schneider has helped the city net significant savings in energy, water, and operational costs while advancing key city priorities and bringing in new visitors and dollars into our community through sports tourism. And it's all being done without placing any additional burden on local taxpayers. This will be a great way to kick off the podcast in 2023. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Adam. It's great to be here. Uh, so I wanted to get started talking about some of the stuff the public is seeing already um, well, with this uh, energy initiative phase two we're doing with Schneider Electric. Um, obviously, there's some very visible projects uh, that are underway. What? Uh, <laughs> so over, um, I'm sure people still remember it as Apache Middle School, uh, but behind the Rothery Educational Services Center, um, the city owns the, that property um, and all those sports facilities behind there. Um, so folks have probably noticed that the track uh, has started to take shape, which is really cool. I noticed that when I was driving by. Um, but can you describe kind of what's being done out there and how it kind of um, fits our vision for that area? Sure. So we acquired that land from the school district a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of had this vision of tying that into our entire sports complex facilities that were already constructed in the Domingo Pius area, Stone Complex area, mm -hmm. and the roadway to Avenida Escuela was our tie into that. Mm -hmm. We feel very fortunate with the timing. It, it just kind of all feels perfect, you right? know? Yeah. Uh, so we have that roadway kind of taking all those fields and tying in a nice, easy walking space or driving space to make it quick to go from one or the other, one to the other. And, um, now we have this beautiful project kind of shaping up out there and it is a massive undertaking. Mm -hmm. um, it's highly visible. And uh, now that things are starting to look like they make sense, um, we're getting more, more questions, more people kind of walking by on the multi-use path down Martin Luther King, kind mm -hmm. of standing at the fence going, wow, what is, what is this going to be? And they can start to kind of see everything take shape. So I did write down because I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to forget any of those features that are that are going into that space. Um, but this this particular part of the Schneider Initiative, the Schneider Project, as we aff affectionately call it, mm -hmm. um, includes inverting and rehabilitating the softball field there, right. which will become the home of Howard Field, which is currently in the Veterans Memorial Park area. And if you look at our comprehensive parks master plan, mm -hmm. it kind of shows that area becoming like a green space. It could include additional parking. It could create a connection between the park and the sports complex in the future. So the inverting and rehabilitating the softball field in the Veterans Memorial Park sports complex, mm -hmm. the former Rothery properties, um, is a big, big move into into being able to expand our park space as well. Um, 
Absolutely. And people might remember we did a little public input on the Veterans Memorial Park uh, plan a couple of years ago. Um, so people might remember some of those concepts and see how those areas were potentially being blended together. Too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so lots of public po uh, comment on that. Mm -hmm. Lots of talking to uh, the leagues about um, how that design would be. But the layout itself in that area mm -hmm. um, lended itself to some you know, the layout is pretty much the same. We're just kind of reorienting things mm -hmm. and, and fine tuning it. Um, the football field, I would say, is the centerpiece of this project. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that I have just not seen before from a municipality. I am sure we're not the first municipality ever to have a community football field and track. I would just say that I do believe it's it's very rare. Mm -hmm. Um I have not been able to locate one. However, I will admit, I haven't looked that hard either. <laughs> but I have I have Googled um, just a few things, municipal football field and track. Um, I think that most communities just utilize, you know, their their schools. Um, mm -hmm. The nonprofits would have relationship with the school districts and then they would utilize their football field. We're kind of limited on those choices here. Um, if you look at Loveless Field at Buena, they use they utilize that a lot. It's mm -hmm. a natural grass surface. Those are extremely difficult to maintain. Mm -hmm. um, so I would imagine, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that for the school district, you know, they're, they're careful about the use and there's rest periods that have to happen. You know, that is their home field mm -hmm. and, um, having the opportunity to have something like this, uh, and rebuilding it with the artificial turf solution can really take a beating. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we're excited to see what this looks like, the lines and the, the sketching, uh, the plans are so beautiful. Um, everything is being built to high school standards. So mm -hmm. it, we can support the school district if they need to, if they ever wanted to bring a tournament in, for example, mm -hmm. we have our built in partnerships with our great partners over at the Sierra Unified School District. Um, we have those solutions. We can offer these to even our surrounding regions if they're looking for places to play. We invite those people to come here and work with us. We would love to to host those uh, tournaments and, and games uh, for, you know, teams and schools and, you know, any anything out there. Um, the beauty about having a community football field and track is it really is for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and we encourage that growth in our region too. So um, fits in with our goals and uh, just makes things better for children, family, adults everywhere. So, um, and then I'm going to jump, I was almost going to jump ahead, but I didn't do it. <laughs> yes. And we should probably let people know it's also a soccer field as well, right? So it's kind of dual purpose. Yes. Yeah, so it will be prioritized for football. Mm -hmm. um, everything on that uh, will also support track and field things as well. So mm -hmm. high jump, long jump, uh, things like that, uh, discus throws, shot put. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a fully turnkey solution for football field and track. And then we have overlaid the lines for NCAA so size soccer field as well. We have a great relationship now with Cochise College, mm -hmm. the home of the Lady Apaches. Uh, soccer team is here at the, uh, and they play all of their games right now on the only NCAA size field in town, which is over at Eddie Sear Park. Mm -hmm. This will give us our second one. Um, 
And it's good for our UPSL teams in the area as well. Awesome. This is um, probably a good moment to talk about the first phase with Schneider, uh, which is responsible for that field over at Sear and also the updates at Domingo Paez. Um, yeah. So, yeah, talk about that first phase with Schneider and also how, um, you know, sports tourism became a focus for the city um, and what we've seen in terms of results in terms of working with local sports organizations as they bring in tournaments to our area. This is my very favorite topic, as I know. you know. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> This has been just an absolute joy to like work with our leagues and finding out where their struggles were, mm -hmm. um, what they needed in order to grow. And what I think is so beautiful about all this, like I always talk about like connections and partnerships and, mm -hmm. and connecting with your community. And, and this theme just constantly like runs through everything that we're kind of doing. Um, and that's, I think why I feel like it's, absolutely just you know uh supposed to happen mm -hmm. at this time everything's right and so uh the conversations that we had with our local sports organizations is what really started it um i come from that background i raised my kids here mm -hmm. i was a avid volunteer for uh, specifically youth soccer and youth baseball and then a huge fan of uh girls softball because that was my sport like that's the best sport um and i don't have any daughters so uh, you know i just i kind of just supported um anything that families do together we were involved or we had one of our sons that played football for a couple of seasons and um my husband was a volunteer coach in the community for over 17 years and we we went through the struggle as well you know we would have tournaments here uh, we had so many fields it was just a matter of maintenance and support just trying to get you know we just weren't quite aligned community wise um, between the organizations and maybe the city and so somehow uh, I ended up having this opportunity to have this job and I kind of was plugged into that as a focus area because it's a core belief of mine that we were just a few steps away of really just having something incredibly special here. Mm -hmm. um, we're certainly not the first to have sports tourism initiatives, but we can do it our way and make it unique to our situation and our community. And that's attractive to surrounding communities because we have these incredible facilities now because of these conversations and we're willing to share them with people. Um, and they come here and they're like, whoa, like these fields are amazing. And holy cow, like, look at this view. Mm -hmm. You guys live in paradise. Like, you know, this is a place that they'll come back to. They have come mm -hmm. back to. Um, they talk about how they have these large scale amenities with this small town feel. One thing that we've really worked on within our department is how we interact very personally one-on-one -on -one with people mm -hmm. and um, taking that time to educate people or do something special like help, you know, drive a golf cart down and help people get to their seats, um, mm -hmm. help coaches like come into the field if they're carrying a bunch of stuff or, you know, going the extra mile, doing a little extra um, and just being present and um, accommodating to folks that are coming in here and really being an ambassador to the city and showing well. And I believe that those personal relationships and those connections are what is developing the trust mm -hmm. in the community and why we're seeing kind of a frenzy of, I want more, I want more, I want more. And we have to kind of govern those expectations for 
and and just continue to stay true on on what we said we would do, which is continue these improvements. And mm -hmm. we've been very fortunate that we've had so much alignment between like internal city departments, you know, economic development, Tony, and and you know your department, Judy, mm -hmm. and and um, Matt McLaughlin and Sharon Flissar, like mm -hmm. our PD and fire um, elected body, you know, our city management team and Chuck mm -hmm. and Victoria. This is just a really kind of a lovely time. Um, it's been a lot of work, mm -hmm. but I will tell you it is, it is worthwhile work. And I think it could have been harder if we weren't so, so aligned and, and the community response has been good too. And now that we've really listened to folks and we've shown some goodwill, they're turning around and, and they're helping us now. So we have some amazing things, you know, on the dockets, like, you know, coming up, we're seeing this organic growth happen from our partners. Um, a lot of people think the city is out like running all these tournaments and like bringing <laughs> things in. We are not. Right. Um, you'll hear Tony talk a lot about in the economic development space about, you know, you're setting the conditions mm -hmm. for, for things to happen. You really don't know what's going to happen. Right. But you can know your community and have those conversations and have a an idea of where you think things will go. Mm -hmm. But really, it's about, you know, place setting and seeing what happens. And I think we can all agree, anyone paying any kind of attention can see that sports tourism is amazing. Mm -hmm. And these new facilities will be the first time ever that they're highly visible. Right. right. Everything's been tucked away. Right. And I and. Um, the the way that that land is kind of laid out mm -hmm. is uh, is unique and special in itself. Like, you know, you're going to have sand volleyball courts and basketball, and then over here is baseball and softball's here, and then you can have track going on and, and football game or a soccer game. Mm -hmm. And um, and let's not forget tennis. <laughs> and let's not forget tennis. But all of that going on simultaneously I think will help people that might not realize how big sports is mm -hmm. in the community actually see it and see it simultaneously in its different forms. And um, I think, you know, just from a parks and recreation and library services director mm -hmm. mentality, like that just makes my whole heart just explode with joy <laughs> um, because I, I love seeing the visibility. I think it's it's bringing all of that out in a way that it hasn't been done here before. Oh, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, you're talking about economic development and tourism and how this all kind of dovetails with um, some strategic plan items and just focuses of the city that are, extend beyond just parks and rec, honestly. Um, but yeah, the results we've seen um, just by improving those fields in the first phase with Schneider um, have been pretty awesome. Um, so I, I think it was something like it's helped attract 28 tournaments, bringing in about 11,940 visitors uh, with an estimated economic impact of about $3.3 million. And I think that was between 2019 and 2021. Does that sound about right? That's about right. Yeah. That's about right. I think we have... Um... We have people working on our updated numbers. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I would say we're probably close. We're probably close. And if we're not there yet, we'll probably tip over in the springtime, I would say over 5 million. Wow. Um, it's, 
I mean, people love it. Yeah. And it's great for businesses. So, like, the idea behind this is it brings people in. They spend money here. They might fall in love with it here. They might think to come back with their families again. They might think to set up a business here down the road. I mean, it's just getting people here kind of opens the door of opportunity to a certain degree and also results in kind of tangible economic benefits beyond just the city. Well, now you've hit on my second favorite topic of all time, (laughs) which which is how these uh, efforts, you know, and how parks and recreation might not be, you know, just common sense to people to go, Mm -hmm. wow, that's super necessary, you know, for our, to, you know, bolster our economic development efforts. Mm -hmm. It seems like, you know, we're playgrounds and parks and everything fun and sparkly. and, (laughs) And that is all true. Let me tell you, all true. And we love that. But we like to dive a little bit deeper and it kind of speaks to my analytical side and the my my past experience and past life like in business mm-hmm. um i love how all this just kind of comes together and that this city gets it and i get to kind of play in that space while i'm playing with like fun toys and mm-hmm. you know watching librarians do story times mm-hmm. and you know having an art studio but all of those things and building a a meaningful quality of life of people um from many many like diverse backgrounds and socioeconomic, you know, um, situations, making sure that there's somebody for everyone. This is a wonderful place for people to live. Um, and then coupling that with things to do like these, these sports fields and having this foundation for, uh, leagues to build on so that when people are looking to move here and let's just say it's a doctor with a Mm -hmm. teenage daughter that is really into competitive sports there they have a lot of choices right and if you know if we don't have a robust softball experience Mm -hmm. you know keeping with this hypothetical situation they're they're gonna look for a place that matches up with that quality of life Mm -hmm. so just keeping that simple principle in the back of your mind when you're out anywhere you know, in a different city or in our city, everything is very intentional. Mm -hmm. And everything that we're talking about internally with this city is extremely intentional. Everything is very strategic. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we could use the ice skating rink (laughs) over, like, that's a great example of that. That was so much more than an ice rink. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, people felt a certain way about it. The people who lived here, that was a wonderful surprise to give people Mm -hmm. that was like, whoa, what do you mean? Like, you know, (laughs) something that they thought would never happen here and just kind of going, boop, here you go. (laughs) And, uh, that was, that was just so fun. And, um, it, it meant a lot to people who lived here, but Mm -hmm. it also brought people in Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that kind of got out on social media. Look at all of that. That was advertising that went far. So, you know, if, if anyone's listening who came out there and they were taking selfies and putting it on social media Mm -hmm. and and their sisters and aunts and cousins were commenting on that, you just helped an economic development effort utilizing a parks and recreation 
item mm-hmm. that went everywhere and that helps all of us. And, um, so yeah, these, these, uh, these upgrades and these sports facilities and sports tourism is all a part of that. The way that we run our events, the, the signature style that you see with those white fences and our staff with the collared blue shirts and everything branded and the same canopies, you know, those are signature stamps that we're putting on there. And, um, we're starting to have our, you know, departmental brand recognize, recognized through those areas too. So, um, it all kind of works together. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, we've talked about the economic side. Um, the other part of the energy initiative with Schneider is it also, uh, helps us save energy, helps us save water, um, and helps us save some operational costs over time. Um, so I think we, we saw some good results with the first project. We updated led lighting on all the sports fields, I think updated a lot of uh, building envelopes and other stuff that kind of help save energy costs. Um, so we kind of hope to replicate some of that with the second phase where we're, we're doing some projects that actually will help us save water and energy and that kind of stuff. If you could talk a little bit about how that mat- meshes into this. Um, and sure. you, could, you can start anywhere, but if you want to start on the football field, it probably makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what is interesting about what we affectionately call the Schneider project, which is really an energy conservation contract project, mm-hmm. um, is how it's funded and how it's paid for. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that we can do some things and we can't do other things is because there has to be an element of those features and improvements that we're making that will help to pay for the entire project. Right. So this particular project is over $25 million. Um, and the concept behind an energy performance contract is that the company performing the work, in this case, Schneider Electric, mm-hmm. they are guaranteeing that we will receive a certain amount of savings from all these projects. Mm-hmm. And also, working with us, identifying and committing future revenue made on these projects that will pay fully for these projects. Mm -hmm. So that is why there was no bond um, on a ballot. Mm -hmm. That is Mm -hmm. why it is not impacting our um, homeowners taxes. Yeah. So, and and we're paying for the debt service with a dedicated portion of sales tax that's already set aside for capital improvements. So it does not increase sales tax for anyone. It does not increase tax burden for anyone. That's correct. Um, And I think it's also worth mentioning, we just paid off a couple of very big bond issues. Um, So some of these big projects um, or big facilities and stuff that you enjoy around town, um, like I think the Cove, um, I think Fire Station 3, the Centennial Pavilion, um, a whole lot of this stuff um, the city actually paid off these bonds. And so we had a load lifted on our debt service. Um, and it's a really good time, um, to, to have some additional investment too. It was such a benefit to have that conservative fiscal leadership, mm-hmm. um, all those times. And like I said before, the whole timing is just wildly perfect. Yep. Um, you know, all those things kind of happened. We have a history of paying off our debt early. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, our phase one, like energy initiative goals, we're paying that off very quickly as well. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's exceeded all expectations. Um, and then, you know, we're using the same kind of model this time. And what's 
what's really cool about it is the company guarantees that savings. Mm -hmm. So it's money that we would have been spending for our energy bills anyway. Right. Right. Um, instead of spending it on that energy, that portion that we're savings is actually going to the payment mm -hmm. of the note for for these uh, amazing improvements. Mm -hmm. And so the benefit to us is we get to enjoy everything in, a, in single phases and and reap like, you know, all of the wonderful publicity that we get from it. And it's the cool new thing. And it seems like we're moving very fast and just like piggybacking all these cool um, projects, you know, even even things that are not on Schneider mm -hmm. that are coming out with the city, we're moving very quickly, um, faster than I think we're used to here. You're seeing a lot of activity simultaneously, mm -hmm. even through, you know, COVID. Like mm -hmm. we were still working on the second phase during COVID. So right when we were on the other end of that, you know, last year, you started seeing things like rolling into town and like that next phase really um, taking off. So, um, I think there's a benefit to that as well. Uh, and you know, I just, I can't wait to see like what we continue to do with this, mm -hmm. like what this brings, what it inspires. And the cool thing about these projects is, you know, I think I'm fairly savvy at knowing what I think will happen. Mm -hmm. This community never ceases to amaze. Like, I'm like, what? Like, you know, <laughs> they're doing what? Um, I never thought we'd have semi-pro soccer here. Yeah. Um, you know, they're starting a women's UPSL league mm -hmm. here. That's bringing people here from all over the place mm -hmm. that have never been here before ever. Fans come in, like the energy is really cool, like at, at those types of things. So not only is it helping, you know, our local sports leagues, but it's actually helping to develop our athletes, like mm -hmm. people who want to work themselves like into a different level. Um, don't know if anyone's ever heard, but we have turned out a couple, a few like really good athletes from mm -hmm. Sierra Vista. Absolutely. And that was before these, you know, fields ever, like they played on our, on our old fields. Mm -hmm. And so we have some tremendous talent here in a lot of areas, these will really help our athletes shine. They'll be able to train themselves into the next level. And we're starting to see these partnerships come together to where they'll, you know, like colleges and stuff, we're hoping that the more we have those folks here, that will give uh, also educational opportunities for our athletes to go further in their sport of choice. Um, but yeah, I kind of got off on a tangent, but you know, that's how I do it. It's okay. We can do tangents <laughs> on the podcast. That works. Um, but yeah, talking about the funding, I didn't want to forget to mention the Land Water Conservation Fund grant of $1.5 million. Um, and that's something to staff's credit. I mean, we aggressively pursue grants in so many areas and that really helps get some of these projects done too. Um, but it also speaks to the water savings um, that's part of this project. So obviously energy is a bit of bigger cost savings factor. Um, but water is really important to us here um, and we need to, you know, be responsible in terms of our water management across the city. And we have, have a really big history of being leaders in that area. Um, so uh, so it's not just the artificial turf football field that's going to save water. Um, there's also, I think, smart irrigation and some updates at the Cove. Um, and this might be a good time to kind of talk about some of the other less highly visible work um, that is also going on as part of this Snyder phase two um, that is really exciting for us at the city. Um, uh, and some of it the public will enjoy too, but um, some of it just really, really helps us do some cool things. Yeah. So, 
you know, some of the the elements of this project aren't as, you know, cool and, mm -hmm. and visible, um, but they mean a lot. So in phase one, we fixed the heating pump issue in the mm -hmm. cove. So right. we had a lot of cold spots and now it's, it's much more streamlined and energy efficient mm -hmm. and a better experience for our patrons. But all of that work, you know, is in the back room. Mm -hmm. um, we're having more of that work, you know, uh, done now over mm -hmm. at the cove and they're back there and we're actually getting um, new filtration systems in the back room. It's a much smaller footprint. Mm -hmm. So we have more room back there. If anybody's ever been back at the cove, at that back room of the cove, it was packed. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. was a very tight little space. Um, things have improved over the last, you know, <laughs> a couple decades. Yeah, and technology is a lot different technology. now. Yeah. I know you moved from uh, sand filters to, um, I cannot say this word, but it's diamite, I don't know, DE filters. I can't even believe yeah. you're trying yeah, to go I, there I should me. not have tried to say that word. No. But very, like, very fine filters um, yes. that also don't require backwashing. Um, That's so correct. So it, it, it saves us a ton of water at the cove not to have to backwash those and filters. And staff time. And staff time. Because it's an automated, mm -hmm. it'll be an automated process yeah. now where our wonderful facilities team used to come in very, very early in the morning to complete that um you know, before our patrons would come in for the day or very late at night. Um, and the Cove has really had an uptick of activity too, since uh, the first phase brought back our wave machine. Right. And so right. um, our little Cove is waking up and mm -hmm. uh, we were just getting rolling with it and we had to close it down for three months. <laughs> yep. um, but that's okay. That gave us staff for the ice rink for a while too. So yeah, that works. It but was, yeah, a lot good. of this work is, is going on during the colder months, which works out for a closure for the Cove too. Um, so mm -hmm. it's a good time for that. But yeah, aside from the filters, I know we're upgrading pumps at the Cove too and then bringing chlorine production in-house. So that means yes. we don't have to like pay for the transportation of it. And that that's kind of stuff. correct. Yeah. yeah, it will manufacture its own chlorine, chloramines and it will self-monitor. The system will self-monitor. Of course, we still have to have people like checking on things and and there's still a maintenance. It's not maintenance free, mm -hmm. but, um, but it's automated and we're hoping for that that will also be a better experience, like really um, exact the right amount of chemicals we need at the right time. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, it, it will prevent us, it'll cost avoid, you know, the chlorine right. um, into the future. So kind of cool stuff at the Cove. Absolutely. And, and then, uh, well, I don't know what you're going to say next. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about the well. Perfect. I yes. was going there too. So that works. <laughs> so again, we talked about this perfect timing mm -hmm. and this was wild. So uh, my friend and colleague, Sharon Flassar, mm -hmm. um, we had a scare last year. Uh, our little well at Veterans Memorial Park um, needed some work. Mm -hmm. She needed some love out there. <laughs> and, you know, we had acquired this land right next to it as well. And that well on that side was in disrepair. So we had it capped. And so that's why that was kind of dormant land for a while. We knew that we were, this project was coming and we were, we were going to do, um, a well and booster pump station project at the park that would feed both sides of that. Right. And you, you touched on the land water conservation. A portion of this mm -hmm. is also a part of that grant as well, that one and a half million. Mm -hmm. And so, um, <laughs> last summer, uh, I want to say it was June. Um, we had catastrophic failure at our well. Oh, wow. And it was in the summertime and we had concerts in the park and, mm -hmm. and we didn't really know what to do. Uh, and Sharon and I kind of chatted and we were like, 
okay, so we're getting ready to start this well project. We're almost in the dormant season. Monsoons look like they're going to be good. Mm -hmm. Do we take a gamble and just let them, you know, let the well kind of lie until they start on that project because, you know, they were getting ready in like August and September, I think, to start that project. Mm -hmm. Um, Or do we, you know, spend several thousand dollars just to limp it along for a month? And we decided we're going to let fate take its course. We're just going to wait and not spend more money. We knew we had this really cool, amazing project starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had one of the best monsoon seasons ever. So, <laughs> you know, the grass looked great. Everything looked fine and nobody was the wiser to it, yeah. but you know, a day in the life of. Mm-hmm. So um, the new well and booster pump station out there, you might've noticed a tank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yep. a little bit larger than the last one. Mm-hmm. So, that tank is there so that we always have enough water available to irrigate both the sports complex facility and also Veterans Memorial Park. And it has room to grow. So if we ever expand, if, if you know, something happens in the future, maybe after my time here um, and we're able to pick up some of the land on the other side of Veterans Memorial Park and, you know, I'm hypothetically speaking now, but if they ever <laughs> wanted to expand into that area, it's it's poised for that growth. So right. we won't be caught up next time, you know, whoever's here later mm-hmm. won't be looking for access to water in order to support, you know, our major event park location. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it'll just, it'll it's there and ready to go um, whenever people um, are going to be wanting to use it. It's also... Um, much more energy efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks really cool. Um, there's already people wanting to paint that tower. Like <laughs> nice. I get asked all the time. <laughs> um, and I, you know, we haven't had those conversations yet, but, um, yeah, it's a really great addition. And then from that, a brand new irrigation system is going to be put in the entire sports side of the complex. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you touched on the smart irrigation controls mm-hmm. that's going in all of our city parks, all of our right. sports fields. Those are already in place now. Awesome. And what those do, um, it will allow our sport or our parks maintenance team to troubleshoot and course correct things like from their house on a smart tablet. Mm-hmm. And it'll do things like, is it raining today? Right. Um, hopefully prevent you know sprinklers coming on in the rain mm-hmm. um but i'm sure that if that ever happens our fine citizens will let me know <laughs> um they are our best police force <laughs> when it comes to that stuff but um we're very excited our, our guys spend a lot of time like pinpointing trying to troubleshoot like line breakages um leaks things like that um and it's a that's a frustrating chase to have um, you know, you, you look back and you're like, oh, everything's looking great. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we got to yeah. go down and 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 dig everything up again because mm-hmm. we're, we're just chasing these things down. So we're hoping that that helps a lot with that. And we do know that um, it will prevent a lot of waste, water waste as right. well. Right. So, um, yeah, I think yeah. that the second phase overall, we're expecting to save about six million gallons of water per year, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, I mentioned it before, but water is a huge concern in our area and we try to be cognizant of that with kind of everything we do, I think. Um, so that's, that's something people might not think about and see as much, but is definitely a key component of these projects. 
Um, but shifting away from water, um, I know folks are also very excited about EV chargers. Yeah. Um, and they've probably noticed a couple of them uh, be installed. They're not operational yet. Um, but can you remind us what's going on with EV chargers? With yeah. So we're we're going to have EV charging stations level two and level three chargers um, at various locations throughout the city. One will be in the sports division parking lot. The other one will be at the stone complex we have one at in the library parking lot uh-huh. and then there's another location at eddie sear park yep. in that parking lot um that will support like events and uh sports tourism efforts people just you know visiting the city complex um the library is always a really good convenient location for that mm-hmm. um the level two chargers will take about six to eight hours to fully charge someone's vehicle um where the level threes, which are not so common, especially in this area yet, mm-hmm. um, we'll have a few of those and those will charge in under 40 minutes. So what's holding us up on on starting those right now is we're waiting on one credit card reader, just one. Everything <laughs> else came in. So, um, you know, I even hate saying the words, but, you know, the supply chain issues, yeah, um, yeah. the buzzwords for everyone. We were very yeah. lucky um, to find these BTC chargers um, and be able to have them here. They did kind of trickle in like we get two and then we get mm-hmm. another one, but they all did come in. They're all set up and ready to go. It's a matter of putting in all of the credit card readers, the payment machines, and then getting them online. We'll be doing that in a single phase. So when they're unveiled, they'll all be ready. And we're hoping to have that done by the end of this month. I will find out tomorrow at my meeting where we're at on that. Oh, cool. And I'll give you an update on that as well. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah we'll share news about that on social media and stuff when we know more and once they're operational. But um, yeah, some folks don't really realize how big of a thing EV chargers are becoming. But I know we've heard from people that attend our tournaments, like, where do we charge our cars? You know, like, and it's yes. something people have asked for. Um so it's it's exciting to be able to bring that to Sierra Vista and start to you know expand those options for folks. Um, but yeah, uh, jumping to something else that folks have probably noticed being built, um, there is also a solar component to this project. Yes. Um, so we have solar covered parking at the City Hall, uh, SVBT, Sierra Vista Police Department, uh, Library, and the Cove parking lots. Right. right? Um, so we haven't done a lot of solar panel projects as no. the city. Yeah, it, it just hasn't penciled out, I think, for us in the past. Right. Um, so does I, I would imagine including it in a project like this kind of helps us accomplish something like that. Absolutely. And we did know that, you know, our citizens have, have asked us questions about solar in the past. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that I've been in rooms before um where we've looked at it we mm-hmm. looked at it a long long time ago and then we started looking at it again yeah. you know many many years ago and it didn't even pencil out in phase one mm-hmm. when we did phase one right um but there were you know other it was kind of killing two birds with one stone like in the police department area they were looking for covered parking for their mobile command unit mm-hmm. and and some of their vehicles that are just sitting out in that back parking lot, like really baking in the sun. Mm-hmm. And then that costs us money too, because it's wear and tear on a vehicle, you know, it's, um, it peels the paint and it, it's just not good for your vehicles. We're, we all want to shade our vehicles. And, mm-hmm. you know, when our taxpayers are paying for, you know, for us to have vehicles in our parking lot, like, it would be nice, you know, if we could protect them from, from the sun. Absolutely. And so, um, 
I believe that that was one of the components that was going to be in the budget. Mm -hmm. And um, this was like, well, can we do that with solar? And then now, you know, we're helping offset the cost of, you know, operating like the electricity at the police department or that, that also created a great energy savings. Mm -hmm. And then also for in that back parking lot at city hall, Mm -hmm. a lot of staff vehicles Mm -hmm. that park back there. So that will help with that. Um, the library has so many patrons, you know, mm-hmm. coming in and out of it more than any other city facility just mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Um, so those are being put out in the center of the parking lot. They were originally designed to go up near the sidewalk area. And I believe it was council member Umphrey and she was talking about, well, could we put it back there? And then it oh, would block the, yeah. the beautiful. So mm-hmm. we, we've had a lot of great ideas that have just things that you would think are so little that make a big impact. So mm-hmm. those are going to be in the center of the parking lot. And there will also be an EV charging mm-hmm. uh, station over there. So, I mean, it worked out great. You know, it'll yeah. be a, a covered space to like you plug your car in while you're going to story time or heading over to the book Nook cafe. So um, I'm really proud of the team that, um, that met to come up with these ways and, and the way that, we were able to communicate and come up with ideas and taking, you know, things that we were hearing from the public and our elected body. I really believe that these projects are being well done. Mm-hmm. We'll find out later, like what we missed and we'd be like, Oh, <laughs> wish we would have thought about that. But, um, but really I think it's very smart. It, it solves a lot of issues. It, it, it builds in a lot of um, convenience features for folks. We want to make the experience of Sierra Vista, no matter how you're doing it, um, as convenient and wonderful. We want everybody to know that, like, we thought of you. Yeah. This was for you. We thought about this situation right here. And um, it's it's just about taking an extra minute and, and walking through it, talking to people. And what would I want for myself? And then, mm-hmm. and then doing it. But I do love the solar components, though. Something that I think a lot of people have wanted for mm-hmm. a really long time. Um, and it does help with the project too because it's it's energy savings. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, oh, and the cove too. So that's true. A yeah, lot yeah. of energy at the cove. So yeah. um, that that was a good one. Absolutely. And then I'm excited about the city hall roof being replaced. I don't know if there's a lot to say about that other than it needed to happen. Um, but I agree. Like, what can you say about it? Yeah. We're getting a new roof. Yeah. However. We really need a new roof. Yeah, yeah. and we're able to, to, you know, incorporate into this project and and take care of it without um, putting a lot of pressure on the budget or or that kind of thing. Yes, and I believe, like, don't slap me if I'm I'm lying, but um, I think our existing roof is over 40 years old. Yeah, it's old. I know it's old. (laughs) But I I think it's over 900 years old. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I do, I think it's like 40 years old. Yeah, yeah. It's an old building. And and a few of our city facilities are are getting up there in the years for sure. Um, But yeah, this this is a very needed uh, piece of maintenance that, um, you know, these projects don't just bring these kind of cool, nice to have things and and all of that. Um, It helps us take care of some really necessary maintenance and take pressure off of other aspects of the budget to a certain degree that we're able to kind of bundle it all together in this way. You just reminded me of uh, the swamp coolers at the gym. Mm-hmm. That was another mm-hmm. one. Yep. If if anybody's been at the old Apache Middle School gym, like back in the day, you remember the swamp coolers, you know, mm-hmm. 
hanging from the chains like on mm-hmm. the side right and so you know we're not quite sure like that gym needs a whole overhaul and, and i think we're all clear on that we know mm-hmm. that yeah. um but unfortunately that didn't pencil out in this particular type of a project mm-hmm. um however we were able to help some of the deferred maintenance there we did replace swamp coolers with new swamp coolers that are on the ground with um, the new a new vent system, okay. so it'll run much cleaner. Um, the ones that were there were very very old, and we were having a lot of problems with them. Mm-hmm. Um, in the summers, they would go down, and then we would have a repair. So we do have brand new swamp coolers, and they're much more efficient, and they operate so much better. Mm-hmm. So um, people will enjoy that this spring and summer, and I'm sure our. our poor facilities team <laughs> will appreciate it as well. They might not get so many callbacks. And then we're getting a new HVAC system at the sports building as well. That oh, was nice. also um, aged out. So um, that will be a good improvement there also. Definitely. And then I think the only thing we haven't mentioned is there's also some work going over on over at the airport. Um, I think there's some LED runway lights and control upgrades. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not something the public will see a ton, um, but it's a necessary upgrade and, and an important facility for us as well. Um, I know Tony and his team have been working to prepare a piece of land out there for potential development. I mean, basically Absolutely. there was a, a mountain of dirt on there and with the time window of development and the cost, I mean, we were not going to be able to market that property. Um, but we're in a place where we can market that and try to bring something in. So any love we can give to that facility um, helps that effort, but also helps our partnership with Fort Huachuca as well, I would imagine. Um, 100%. And um, on the Fort Huachuca side of the airport, mm-hmm. they had the same need for upgrades. Mm-hmm. So this is actually coordinated right. between the Fort Huachuca side and our side. And they actually have a separate contract going on simultaneously to, you know, do the fiber pools and like upgrade all those lights and everything. So the entire runway together will receive these upgrades. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a very tightly coordinated effort um, between the fort side and the city side. Um, and I I do think, you know, it's it's not necessarily one of the like sexiest <laughs> things <laughs> to, to talk about as far as the project goes, but very, very important and mm-hmm. extremely important to Tony's efforts in the, on the economic development side. So we're excited about, uh, you know, seeing that happen as well. Absolutely. Um, so I think we touched on everything associated with this project I can think of. Um, Except for sports lighting. Oh, okay. That's right. Because we yeah. had none. Oh, that's right. So here's yeah. the update. We're going to have all of it. <laughs> so there, there will be uh, the Musco LED lighting system that mm-hmm. we have on all of our other sports facilities. Right. will all be... Um, At the Veterans Memorial Park Sports correct. Complex as well. Yep. Except um, on the basketball, the basketball pad outside mm-hmm. of the gym. Um, that's going to be relined for two courts. And then off of the back of the gymnasium building, there will be solar lights. Um, so we will have lit basketball courts nice. in town, which is amazing. And then there will be an ADA walkway. There's no, this is interesting. So there's mm-hmm. no parking lot on the sports complex side yet. And that. I didn't know how to do a uh, cost recovery on a parking lot. <laughs> so <laughs> that has to come like through a separate type of a contract. Right. But in order to have land water conservation funding, it must have an ADA pathway. So what they did oh, is they okay. designed it um, to come from the Veterans Memorial Park side where the between the skate park and um, Howard Field is now. Mm-hmm. There will be an ADA 
walkway, which will be our first real connection between the two complexes that will come from the parking lot there on the east side of Veterans Memorial Park right there and will cool. come all the way down to the sports complex side, mm-hmm. um, which I'm excited about. So there will be rest break spots like every hundred feet. I want to say Jeff Pregler, mm-hmm. if he's listening, <laughs> I know you tried to educate me. I think I'm remembering it right, but I believe that every hundred feet will have like a bench, mm-hmm. like a rest spot. So, um, but I'm excited about that. It does create the first connection. Mm-hmm. Um, land water conservation, you touched on that before also. Um, yes, there was $3 million of this project um, that the land water conservation fund is helping with. Uh, 1.5 from land water conservation, the city's match is built in because we're already doing this project. Mm-hmm. That was tightly coordinated with the um, the grants uh person with land order conservation fund they have been a phenomenal partner and i would be remiss if i didn't think uh irene zuniga and her team over Mm -hmm. in engineering for uh their work on pursuing this grant and and bringing it in so Mm -hmm. um anytime that we can help offset these projects in any way it helps our repayment period Mm -hmm. it it helps everything it helps us make more and round out these great projects. So, um, yeah, this is a, a complex project, but mm-hmm. really fun. And um, I think the community will enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, so I was going to, you've already kind of addressed this, but I might as well ask it again a little bit. But I, I know from my side, I've covered the city for quite a while and then came over to the city and I've been telling the city's story for a while. Um, and I've definitely seen the pace of projects increase so dramatically and I've seen so much happen in the last several years. Um, but, uh, you've lived here longer than me and you, you raised children here and were involved with all these sports groups. So I know how deeply personal and passionate, uh, this is for you. Um, but what is it like for you to be in a position to help facilitate these changes and then actually get to see them happen like this? It's emotional. Yeah. (laughs) It's emotional. And um, yeah, we've lived here for 28 years. We came here when I was a soldier's wife. My husband was stationed at Fort Huga, and we were both Arizona natives. So we came here and I was one of the crying wives when we came in at first. (laughs) And then I woke up the next morning and went, oh my God, we live in paradise. (laughs) And that was in 1994. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a six month old baby who's now going to make me a grandmother in March. So I'm very excited about that. Um, They live in Nebraska and all they talk about now is how to come home. (laughs) So it's, they want to come and raise their children here. And for someone that has been here and, and raised kids here, and I touched a little bit about what we did, like as our service back Mm -hmm. to the community and, um, you know, for selfish reasons, because it was the greatest time of our lives, like raising our kids and being there and, and supporting what they were doing and by serving others as well. I also worked for the city starting in 1996 Mm -hmm. in this department. And so when I started my journey of, you know, service on both the professional side through municipal government service and also my volunteer service, um, I feel like I've had a really unique bird's eye view of both sides. I have a very personal understanding of both sides. I understand the struggle on the city side. And, and sometimes, you know, we might think that 
there's one way to solve a problem um, because we haven't had an experience or the right conversation with someone that 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 lets us know um, like what that struggle is or how to solve it. So I've had this really bizarre and unique journey to where for the last 28 years of my life, I've been able to work and play in both sides. And what I appreciate is that I never took it for granted and I never forgot either side. So I've been a real advocate on both sides of the house for both things, you know, keeping things realistic for people. Um, I had, you know, when, when you are in the general public, the wonderful thing about that is you get to enjoy, like not everyone wants to know how the sausage is made. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know how it was made, how it was procured, <laughs> where it came from. And so I could, I could see how they could come together, but tempering the expectations, um, making it not so daunting on the city side, like sometimes just mowing extra or watering more mm -hmm. or just showing up, painting a trash can really speaks to someone or having that conversation. Mm -hmm. And then once you have those conversations, you know, the walls come down and, and you can start really figuring out what are they really asking for? They might say we need more fields, but what they might mean is, can you let me know the availability that we can have because we're struggling with our schedule. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, being able to really quickly get to the root of a problem from our volunteerism community um, has been wonderful. And it's been a wild ride having authority to help in some ways, but also to be the representative, sometimes walking into the room from the city side and they have no idea that I used to be where they are. <laughs> yeah, And they don't, and you know, at first really they didn't care much because they were just upset. Mm -hmm. And, but what I knew for sure was everyone on the city side really did care about them. Mm -hmm. It was just, we were just one little piece off, just one. So if I've had any small part to play in, in helping to orchestrate those conversations, um, I will retire a very, very, um, satisfied person because at the, I, I really just think now what we're seeing is, um, we kind of helped push that boulder up the hill mm -hmm. and I think we're getting ready to, we're going to start chasing the boulder. Right. Yeah. And so it's, um, you know, it's like, okay, you know, here's your stuff. What are you going to do with it? Like, how do you need help? And really it's just getting past those really painful, tiny details of conversations that make all the difference. Um, helping people get over fear of growth. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll say you want to grow. And if we just had this, we would do this. And this, you know, we see this also in the economic development side too. Well, then once you have it, it's like, oh man, you know, now, <laughs> now, now I need to do it. But yeah. sometimes they don't know how. Mm -hmm. And just sticking in there as, you know, city, um, city leaders, and, and we were all willing to do that. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the best thing about municipal government service and why it's my favorite is it's so personal, like it allows you to sit with your neighbors and have these conversations, you may or may not always agree. 
But at the end of the day, you're, you should all be kind of wanting the best for your community. Mm -hmm. And there's always some common ground and just taking that time and, and settling in and listening and, and figuring out what you can do um, or what they need to do for themselves, but maybe giving a resource or a helping hand has been absolutely amazing. And watching, you know, watching folks kind of go from these, these struggles into really kind of taking off, watching the growth of the organic growth of things, mm -hmm. um, how the community is showing up in support of things um, has been the greatest professional joy of my life. I think that's the perfect way to end. It's been so good talking to you, Laura, and thanks for making time for us today. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. I hope everyone enjoyed our latest episode. We'll talk again soon, hopefully in about a month. As always, you're invited to join the conversation by sending your comments, ideas, or questions to pod at sierravistaaz.gov. That's P-O-D at sierravistaaz.gov. Take care, everybody.